Did you see that game last night that had the wild, weird finish? Okay, I guess I need to be more specific. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now, and it's my fifth full season here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. I'm assuming Twitter's still around. You can follow me. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And if you can't get enough of me talking about baseball, let me recommend that you also subscribe to Locked On Rockies, because this week I'm filling in for Paul Holden as the host of Locked On Rockies. I'm hosting at least three episodes. I'm, I think I'm going to host a fourth as well, but I have uh, shows on Monday, Tuesday, and one that's dropping today on Wednesday, the 26th day of July, 2023. Um, having a lot of fun becoming kind of a makeshift Rockies fan. It's weird because there are so many teams in contention playing meaningful games that I'm following the Rockies so closely as they're playing the Washington Nationals in a game that means absolutely nothing in the standings. But the the Rockies lost a really weird, dumb game. They had a big rain delay in the middle of it. They were in control for almost the entire game. And then the Nationals rallied for four runs in the bottom of the eighth. Joey Manessis hit a three-run go-ahead home run that gave the Nats the lead. And that kind of sort of sets the tone for the events of baseball on Tuesday, the 25th day of July. And that was a slew of wild games, come-from-behind games, blown leads with one out to go, crazy rallies, rallies that fell just short, and a Red Sox team that beat the best team, probably the best team in baseball, even while letting up a triple play. That's right. The Red Sox headed into a triple play and won. Um, and a major superstar who may be on the block, future Hall of Famer, former MVP, is on the block and played very well. Thank you very much. And I'm not talking about Shohei Otani. Hey, um, let's go through the trivia question. We had a round table the other day. We had H-Town Wheelhouse with Brandon Ward, and we had um, Ethan Smith, and we talked about the fate of Otani. And I think a lot of people were felt like we were being um, just saying the same thing that everyone else was saying. I think we all said different things, and I, and I think we were saying what is probably true, which is either the Angels are going to try to sign him or they're going to try to get the best thing for him. I think, well, I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to dip my toe back in that conversation. Obviously, Otani is a big topic in everyone's minds, but there's no new news on that. Um, but there was a trivia question. And the trivia question was, who was the last player 
that the Angels picked with the number one overall pick. The last time they had the number one overall pick, who did they choose? And the answer, uh, Jordan, who's a listener, at lazy underscore S underscore cowboy, got it correct. The last time the Angels had the number one overall pick was Darren Erstad. Drafted him in 1995, and he became a big part of the team that went on to win the World Series in 2002. Got a huge home run in uh, the wild game six, which broke my father's heart. And actually, he caught the final out in the image of hit the fly ball that Kenny Lofton hit to center field, uh, which clinched the World Series against the San Francisco Giants. To this day, the only World Series appearance of the Angels, whether the Los Angeles Angels, California Angels, Anaheim Angels, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, however you want to call it, they've won one pen. It was 2001. And Darren Erstad was a big part of that team. So you got it right there, Jordan, at lazy underscore S underscore cowboy. Okay. Um, I think the only thing we got to do, because I think a lot of you are probably waking up not knowing everything that's going on. The only thing to do is really review what happened because there were so many wild games last night. And a lot of the games have sort of have created a weird, like the only way to describe it is it's like a game of Tetris as all these teams are kind of falling kind of into place, but not really. They're kind of making sense, but it, it's we're, we're inching closer and closer to what I always want every single year, which is complete and utter chaos. And it's got to the point where there's so many teams that are on the verge of contention, and some of them who are thinking about selling are actually within striking distance of a playoff spot. One of them are the Boston Red Sox, who did make a trade. They traded away Kiki Hernandez. They got two young relievers back from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, I'm fine with this trade for Boston because Kiki Hernandez – who was wonderful in the playoffs for the Red Sox in 2021, has really been a player without a position, without a spot on the team, hasn't played particularly well. Uh, He always was a great fit in Los Angeles where he won. And he's been a little bit of an odd man out. There have been other players who have been playing quite well. Thank you very much for the Red Sox. And if Trevor Story comes back, they're going to have a lot of depth in their infield. And so the fact that they could get any relief pitcher with major league experience, uh, well, it's not so bad. When You know, I completely went into today, to today's game between the uh, the Braves and the, um, the Red Sox as a complete and utter, this is going to be a wash. This is going to be a wash because the Braves are, play, you know, they're the team that I would right now uh, pick to win the World Series. They've been absolutely wonderful. And the Red Sox were starting Schreiber as an opener. And I said, you know what? I, I don't see this as happening today. I don't see this happening. But give the Red Sox credit. They, you know, even when they fell behind one one run before they even came to bat, they came right at Charlie Morton and knocked him out of the game very early. They picked up a couple runs early. Uh, Christian Arroyo got the go-ahead hit in the second inning. Duran got a hit. Uh, Devers got a big RBI hit. Yu Chang, who the emergence of Yu Chang has really allowed for Kiki Hernandez to be uh, expendable. And then Yoshida hit a home run, and Yoshida has just been a godsend for the Red Sox. And it was actually pretty much a butt whipping, seven to one. 
albeit one where the Red Sox hit into a weird triple play. Catch in center field, the runner at first was picked off, and then the runner at second tried to take off for third triple play. But the Red Sox got that victory, and that was actually coupled with a Yankee loss as Pete Alonso hit a pair of home runs in Yankee Stadium. The Yankees just – they're such a hiccuping team, and they won – they just swept the Royals. So you think, okay, there's going to be a little bit of momentum in this game. And all of a sudden, Pete Alonso hits the two home runs. It was 9-3. to three. It never really seemed that close. I think the single most interesting part of this game, other than the fact that the Mets, who are sellers, but playing, you know, showed a lot of heart, this was interesting because of Verlander. Now, there's been a lot, and that is the former MVP, World Series champion, all that stuff, who is on the market. And Verlander's pitched pretty well recently. And today he allowed just two hits and six shutout innings. He wound up striking out six Yankees along the way. And look, at obviously there's going to be some manipulation of salary, owed this, that, or the other thing. But if this is a Verlander who's available – and you're you're basically asking pitch well down the stretch and give us three postseason starts. You're not asking him to be a Cy Young Award winner because it's been so long since he's been a Cy Young Award. In fact, you have to go all the way back to 2022 to see Justin Verlander as a Cy Young Award winner. It would not stun me if he wound up with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Although the fact that he was part of the 2017 Astros. Who knows what's going to go on there? It wouldn't stun me if he was with the San Francisco Giants. It wouldn't stun me if he was with the Baltimore Orioles. It would stun me if he went to the Yankees, but I digress. But the way he pitched for the Mets today, you know what? That's worth a decent prospect. So look, at those games were interesting. But the other games that took place that were meaningful were not just interesting. They were insane. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Sleeper. Now, look, at I'm going to be making some picks about some of the people who I think are going to be coming up big in the next couple of days. Do you know what? Call me crazy, but I think Kiki Hernandez going back to the Dodgers, he's going to wake up and explode. And who knows? Randall Grichik, he may be getting some big hits for the Rockies. Before you know it, he could be getting big hits for the Yankees. Either way, I am going to be using my sleeper app for that because here where is it here it is got it right there this is the game of chance that allows you to win 100 times your money on daily fantasy baseball sleeper is now offering a 100 times payout for up to eight pick contacts choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on the favorite baseball stats that you follow home runs strikeouts hits stolen bases more Get your picks right, and you could win big. I should have come big on Pete Alonso. I knew he was going to do something big for the Mets. But do you know what? You give it a shot. That's why it's a game of chance, and it pays off really, really fast. And do you know what? It's safe and fast withdrawals. You can have your entries made in 30 seconds or less. It's pretty easy. Check out Sleeper. Do you know what you got to do? You got to use promo code locked on and you'll get up to a $100 match 
on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states, so check out Sleeper today. Chances are, if you're on the East Coast, you did not see the ending of the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Toronto Blue Jays. This was a back and forth, a weird back and forth game. And the Dodgers, who are in first place and are trying to hold off the charging Giants, and by the way, the Giants, who have been on a horrible losing streak, hanging on for dear life for a wildcard spot, wound up playing the A's, the lowly A's. And bless the Giants, they had a bunch of people coming in to Oracle Park with their sell the team shirts and doing the sell the team chants. Well, the Giants couldn't get much of an offense going, and they were up only up one nothing in the eighth inning. Bladé tied the game, so it was 1-1. And the Giants are thinking, we can't even beat the A's at home? Well, Mike Yastrzemski got a big double. Giants took a 2-1 to lead and wound up holding on to that score and holding on to their wild card spot and wondering can they inch closer to the Dodgers and inch a little closer possibly to a NL West title well it looked like that was in the cards because in this weird back and forth game between the Blue Jays and the Dodgers it really looked like the Jays were going to take control you know, early on, you had, you know, Brandon Belt drove in a run early. Freddie Freeman hit a home run. Bo Bichette hit a home run. They were just going back and forth. Max Muncy drove in a run. Then Alejandro Kirk drove it. So it was, it was 4-2 going into the eighth inning. J.D. Martinez. Why can't the Red Sox get players like J.D. Martinez? He hit a home run to make it a one-run game. And then suddenly Danny Jansen got that big double a 4-3 game became a 7-3 game. Everybody relaxed. The Toronto Blue Jays are in control. Then they went to the ninth, and all hell broke loose. Bases loaded walks. Runners being put on. Mookie Betts got a, got a uh, RBI hit. And uh, a bases loaded walk went in a two-run game. And then with, with two outs, there was a weird... Chris Taylor hit that was went into the outfield uh, was you know was bobbled and or it was it was deflected off of the infielder was bobbled it was there was a little juggling act the tying run came in to score the throw came into second so the inning ended on the play with two outs but it, it turned into a the Dodgers wound up tying the game and then ultimately. Uh, it went into extra innings, and James Outman uh, hit a double off the wall. Now, why it was reviewed to see if it was a home run or not, who cares? It was a walk-off hit. Who cares if it was a home run or a double? You know, the Blue Jays, we don't care what it is. It's just, it's, at that point, it's just semantics. It's just, it's just basically bookkeeping. But with that, the Dodgers were down four runs in the ninth and came back to win the game. And with that, the Blue Jays got punched right in the face because they, the American League wildcard is getting weirder and weirder and weirder because with the Blue Jays' loss and that Red Sox win, remember the Red Sox were sellers? The Red Sox are only one game out in the loss column of a playoff spot. And with that, 
the Yankees couldn't make up any ground. But if you think that game was weird, there was no shortage of weird games going on. Now, you also had, let's go one of the earlier games. We mentioned uh, the the uh, American League, and uh, so we mentioned the National League wildcard race, and the Philadelphia Phillies are also hanging on for dear life in that. And they were playing Baltimore. Remember Baltimore? You know, the team that's playing pretty much better than anybody in baseball. Well, the two teams kind of they in this reunion of the 1983 World Series, the two teams locked antlers. And the the Orioles basically the Orioles jumped out to an early 2-0 lead. Austin Hayes got a big hit there. Roas got a single. And then Bryce Harper, remember him? Hit a massive home run to tie the game in the sixth. But then it was Ryan O'Hearn's turn to hit a home run. And the Orioles had the lead and went to their incredible, indomitable bullpen, which has been fortified because they made the uh, the trade to get a Fujinami from Oakland. And in comes Cano, who is borderline. He was just automatic, absolutely wonderful, except he wasn't. And he wound up letting up a uh, was a game-tying double uh, to Stott, which went into right field. That was kicked around. Harper scored the tying run. Bohm came up, got a walk-off single. And so the Orioles wound up losing that rare game that the bullpen dropped. And with that, the Philadelphia Phillies are only half a game out of a wildcard spot in the absolute total anarchy that is the National League wildcard. And another interesting thing happened because in the battle for Florida, as the Marlins, who have really just been Save for that one weird game where Bud Black fell asleep as the manager, the Marlins just can't win a game. And Glasnow of the Rays basically stopped any Marlins attack, and the Rays wound up winning that game. Uh, Yandy Diaz got the big hit with a two-run double. And so the Rays, who had cons- who basically fell out of first place, especially after the Orioles took three out of four from them, well, now they're only a game and a half back. Now they're dusting themselves off. They had the horrible July. The Rays have had a horrible July, and they've had a bad last 10 games. They've lost seven of the last 10. But winning a game bit by bit and taking that Orioles loss, they're not giving up anything on this division just yet. But the games continued to get weird last night. In a, you know, I had mentioned the Nationals come back there. Uh, there was another wild game between Minnesota and Seattle. Now, Minnesota has been playing really well recently. Did I mention really well? Because, well, they are now several games above 500, five games above 500. So it's no longer a situation, like, oh, we're going to have a team that's going to have a losing record win a division. Doesn't look like the case. They've been on a roll. They've been on a roll. It looked like the roll was going to continue in their game against the, the Seattle Mariners because they were up four nothing in the first inning. That's a good sign when you're up four bagel in the first. But Julio Rodriguez, remember him? He was the big guy, superstar. He's starting to play really well. He got two home runs today, including a game tying home run in a wild four inning, eighth inning. So the Twins got their four run rally. Seattle got their four run rally. And then in the ninth inning, it was 
the uh, it was uh, was it Suarez got Cal Raleigh got the big double. May I think I may have switched them around. Either way, the Mariners rallied for three runs in the top of the ninth inning. Minnesota can only muster one, and so the Twins lost. And with the Guardians' victory, that means that the their lead is down to three games, two in the loss column. But also with that, the Mariners climbed above 500. Now, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not a team like the Mariners should be selling. But as they've, you know, they've won a few games recently, they are only four games back in the loss column of a playoff spot. They are now above 500. How do you look your fans in the eye and say, we're not that far out? And still, we're going to sell. But that wasn't the last crazy game that was out there. Because remember, the National League Central has the Brewers and the Reds locking antlers at the top of the division. Well, the Reds got off to a 4-3 lead. Will Benson got a big you know, two-run homer. The Reds look like they were in control. They're up 4-0 in the ninth inning. And Christian Yelich, remember him? He got a three-run homer. This is a game of Corbin Burns was in control. Three-run homer. Suddenly, it's a one-run game. Suddenly, the Brewers had a, uh, a call overturned at first base, and they had the winning run at the plate. But Diaz got out of it. And with that, the Reds, who, again, have been up and down and up and down, the Reds held on to their spot in the wild card. By the way, they would, be, they would host a wild card series. So would Milwaukee. But only half a game separates the Reds and the Brewers at this point. So, again, crazy races. Crazy races. Uh, there's a wild game took place between an, another first-place team versus a second-place team was the Astros and the Rangers. And the Rangers had a big rally. They scored two runs in the, uh, in the top of the ninth. But we are... Uh, living in the Chaz McCormick era as he got another big RBI double. Uh, Marcus Simeon got thrown out at a big play at home plate, and the Astros held on for a 4-3 victory over Texas. Guess what? The Astros are only one game out of first place right now, and that may throw the Rangers into the wildcard hunt and fighting for their postseason lives. And the last one of these wild games that I'm going to mention took place between the Detroit Tigers and the Angels, of which the Angels took a uh, 6-2 lead going into the ninth. And of course the Tigers tied it. Of course they did. Of course it was uh, um, was it? it was Torkelson got a big game-tying double to right field, and they rallied. And they're going, oh, my God. Just trade Otani for the love of everything decent. But Mickey Moniak hit the ghost runner home, and the Angels wound up winning the game. And mixed up with the Angels' victory and the Blue Jays' loss and the Yankees' loss and all the stuff, the Angels, for all of this awfulness going on, are only three games back in the loss column of a playoff spot. Which means there has to be a question asked philosophically, as we're facing all this anarchy. I've never seen 
a week leading up to the trade deadline that's this mysterious because you have teams that very clearly have players they can send off. Obviously, the Angels can pull off a blockbuster. Obviously, the Red Sox are already trading away some of their pieces. And yet, taking a look at the American League wildcard, four games in the loss column separate one, two, three, four, five teams. Four games in the loss column separate five teams for that final spot, and it's a wildcard team. If you are the Angels and you've won seven of your last 10 games, and you are only three games back of the Blue Jays in the loss column, and the Blue Jays are a weird team filled with talent who sometimes go on great stretches but also can lose really dumb games, how do you give up on that? If you are the Red Sox and you are literally one game in the loss column out of a playoff spot and about to face a bit of a gauntlet, and yet... You can make certain acquisitions that could help the club. How how do you handle things? How do you handle things if you're the Yankees, who are at this moment only two games in the loss column out of a playoff spot? Do you sell? Because the Yankees could get a bunch of good quality young players for the available talent that they have. And in the National League, the Phillies, one game separates the Astros, Giants, Phillies, and Marlins at this point. A game and a half separates one, two, three, four, five teams. Three of them would make the playoffs. Two of them would not. A modest winning streak could put the Marlins in home field advantage of the wildcard series. A modest losing streak could send Cincinnati completely out of the playoffs, along with Arizona and along with San Francisco. So you have, and oddly, with the Cubs on a four game winning streak, still sub 500, they aren't that far back. They're only four games in the loss column out of a playoff spot. So you have these weird philosophical questions going on. What do you do? And almost every team involved in this can look their fans in the eye and say, we're going to go for it. Or they can say, my goodness, it's such a seller's market. We can get so many better players. That's what's going to make this next week so intriguing. Keep an eye on every little series because a bounce here or a bounce there could be that moment where you go like, nope, too risky, fold. Let's get that young player. And if the games are anything like today, we're going to see some wonderful anarchy. Hey, I do have a trivia question to ask, and it's about a first. Now, this is a question involving the Tampa Bay Rays slash Devil Rays franchise. And the question is this. What current member of the Hall of Fame, someone who's already in the Hall of Fame, hit the first ever home run? as a player of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays franchise. They were called the Devil Rays back then in 1998. Which current member of the Hall of Fame hit the first home run by a Devil Ray? That's the trivia question. Send it along to Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, or at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram, or then in the comments of the YouTube here. Uh, Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to be answering some of your questions. 
send me questions on the Twitter. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. And I'm also going to be playing a segment that I did for the Locked on Rockies, where I talk a little bit about some of the alternate universes and some of that. And inevitably, some of the crazy games are going to take place on Wednesday. Talk about the anarchy and the games that you missed while you slept. This has been Locked on MLB for the 26th day of July, 2023. I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.